Please listen carefully. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Podnobbing, the podcast about podcasts. This is episode two, genre, true crime. Dun, dun, dun. Just a little bit about Podnobbing, uh, in case this is your first time tuning in. Podnobbing is a podcast suggestion podcast. It's not so much a podcast review podcast. We do not pick shows to shit on them. We pick shows we love. So every single episode is going to have a genre listed in that episode so that if you're looking for a particular genre, you will know what to click on. And in that episode, we, Josh and I, are going to tell you a little bit about a couple of podcasts in that genre that we are loving. We'll usually pick anywhere from one each to two each. So the most you'll get is four. We're not here to overwhelm you. And we're not going to tell you that our choices are always going to be the best choices. We're just going to tell you a little bit about why we're loving them. And our goal is to help you find what you're looking for. That's what we love to do. And that's what we're hoping to do for you. We're not going to overwhelm, though. Not going to overwhelm. We actually might underwhelm. (laughs) Totally possible. Exactly. So... One thing uh, that my uh, boyfriend brought up that I want to bring up, uh, there, there's a lot of really fantastic podcasts out there that you're probably not going to hear us talk about, or we might not highlight it. You know, the, the names may slip out, but we're not going to highlight them. The point of our podcast, we really want to shed some light on lesser known podcasts. There's so much content out there, and there's a lot of really fantastic stuff that gets buried We may talk about some podcasts that are huge in other countries, but no one really knows that they exist here, and we think they have something to offer. So we are going to focus on lesser known, kind of smaller, but that doesn't mean that we don't know that there aren't, that uh, there are some incredibly fantastic podcasts out there, but they just are charting really well. They have tons of listeners. If you, like my boyfriend, don't know about some of these podcasts. I will sometimes tell him about podcasts that I'm like, oh, this podcast is fantastic, but it's doing so well. I'm not going to bring it on the show, but he's never heard of it. So if that's you, don't hesitate to hit us up on social media and, and ask for recommendations. We are happy on social media to tell you about some big podcasts that we love. We're not afraid to talk about them, but they just don't need us. We want to root for the little guys. Um, And so that's what we're going to focus on. Podcasts you probably have never heard of that we think are so worth your time and maybe exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, hit us up on the social medias. The social medias. Or just Google it. You can do that too. (laughs) You know what? Best known podcasts. Type that up. (sighs) If it were that easy, I mean, do you know how much digging around I have to do to find what I'm looking for? Algorithms do not always do right by me. So... On that note about social media and discussions on social media, uh, Josh, will you tell them how to find us? Oh, yeah. Uh, We're all over the place. We're on the Instagrams at Mm -hmm. podnobbing. That's Uh, Mm P-O-D-N-O-B-B-I-N-G. And then Twitter at podnobbing. Facebook. uh, We've got a Facebook page. It's just search podnobbing. Or uh, email Carrie directly. At her personal email address. No. Which is... No, don't do that. 
Okay, just podnoving at gmail.com and uh, one of us will look at it. Uh, but let yep. us know what you're listening to or if you have your own podcast, you want us to check it out. We're going to do it. We got a long yeah. list. It's ever growing list of podcasts to listen to. Um, of course, we're going to be repeating genres. So if you hear your genre, don't don't fret. We're going to do it again. There's only yep. so many that we can do and we plan on doing this for a while. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So now that you know a little bit about us, let's go ahead and uh, get started. Joshua. Right. Yes. True, true crime. crime. Yeah. True crime. Here's what I think about the genre itself. I think that true crime is mm -hmm. very uh, difficult for a just like a rando person to do a true crime podcast. Yeah. Um, Generally speaking, especially like the serial ones, like the ones that are, you know, a deep investigative uh, podcast about some murder or something that happened is generally the, the better ones are done by like an NPR or like a backed by a podcast company or somebody that's got dollars and got journalists and investigative journalists to actually put in all the work and to make something truly great, highly produced, that kind of thing. So with true crime, I feel like the cream does kind of rise to the, to the top, um, mm -hmm. you know, for, for what you're listening to. So you kind of got to get ones that are, you know, um, either not from here or you got to find ones that are episodic that maybe not everybody knows about, um, mm. or you could just sort of, you know, cause those can be done, you know, those I, I've seen a lot of those, uh, where it's just a, a new one, a new, uh, a new episode every, every week. And some mm. guy just talks about why he loves them. Um, but yeah, it's harder to find. Uh, it's harder to locate uh, a great one that not anybody knows about. So uh, yeah. did you have trouble doing that or did you find them right away? Or did you go with like a new ones that are like just breaking? Yeah, I found one uh, that just came out this year and it is not uh, climbing the charts as so many of them do. I have some thoughts on why that is, but I do think it's a great podcast in a lot of ways. It's super interesting. I mean, you're absolutely right. In terms of looking for podcasts in a certain genre that not bazillions of people are already listening to, true crime and pop are hard. Those are two really, really popular genres in the I mean, United it's States. my favorite one. True crime is probably my favorite. True crime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the one I picked, we'll talk about later, but it, it is... One of those, one of these things uh, for true crime, a lot of them are serials, right? So a lot of people, we kind of live in binge culture. And so I know a lot of people really like being able to like binge a 10 episode something or another. Also, the one I picked though, the, the thing I liked about it is it is, a, it is episode by episode. You can listen to one episode and, and, uh, and, and leave it for a while. And uh, that's so rare, I think, with true crime. I think that's um kind of what's so interesting about you know, if you listen to podcasts, you know that My Favorite Murder is one of, like, the biggest friggin' podcasts right now. And those two ladies, I mean, they they, they took to true crime and basically were like, yeah, we're just going to read a true crime story to each other every single week. And that's our podcast. I mean, that was a really brilliant move because, one, you're dipping into a massive audience. And, two, you don't need the resource. You don't need any resources to do it. You need the Internet, maybe a yeah. book. They're that great. was a smart that was a smart move. Um uh, but uh, also, one of my patients informed me, we were talking about true crime and uh, as a genre, 
And one of my patients told me, yeah, true crime's kind of a middle-aged white woman thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree. Which I thought was so funny because one, other than you, that those are the only people I know who like true crime. Really? And yes. Do you know, do you know people that don't fit that description who like true crime? Do you know a lot of them? Or do you at least know some? I think some of the, I mean, I, I just know podcast people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People that are fans of podcasts, and a lot of their favorite ones are the biggest, you know, true crime ones. There's true the Serials, the yeah. S Towns, the you know, yeah, uh, yeah, the Doctor John, or there's just a lot of them out there. Those are like the biggest ones ever, you know, uh, for right. the most part. Uh, so yeah, and I, I didn't, I never really thought of it as like a old. I mean, not old. Sorry, middle aged, female oriented. <laughs> genre i i hadn't feel weird, thought but... about it right i hadn't thought about that either but at the same time you know it's it's hard to see yourself right so that's why yeah. i was i just thought it was interesting i, I hadn't thought about that I've so i was liked like it. i've always liked it even right. since i was a kid i liked it like uh yeah like unsolved mysteries is like one of my favorite shows <laughs> I, we were talking before um like on one of the episodes of unsolved mysteries was actually a case about somebody that I knew, um, yeah. from, from you growing have to up. Tell that story. Yeah, yeah. It was, so there was just a, a girl around at, a, you know, in my neighborhood, it was our age went in, in our school and there was a block that we all kind of hung around with and she lived on that block and she was a girl and we were young teenage or under preteen boys. So we didn't always hang out uh, together, but we were all right. in the same area. And just one day her, her, uh, her mom just disappeared, like didn't take anything, like didn't take money, no ID. Their purse was still there. Her car was still in the driveway, everything. And she just got, just disappeared. Um, and it was like a big news story. Again, it was on Unsolved Mysteries. It was pretty crazy mm-hmm. that everybody thought that this, the, uh, I think it was her stepfather did it. Uh, he was literally like out of, like, if you were going to draw up a villain, he was, he was. He had he had a hook for a hand, I swear to God, and uh, he was always talking. He was always talking to the girls, like the underage girls. It was really weird, um, and yeah, so it was crazy. And so I think about, so I hear all these popular true crime novel or novels and true crime podcasts, and I think about that case quite a bit. Actually, I probably think about it once a year or so, and just kind of wonder whatever happened. There's all sorts of things yeah. about police corruption, and then that guy landed up going on to marry somebody else who also died of weird circumstances, if I remember correctly. Weird. So it, yeah, it was he... always, it's always been sort of fascinating to me, um, the, the true crime genre, because I think it had something to do with that. No, definitely. I, I, I when you, you, you first told me that story when we decided to do true crime, and in all the years I've known you, you have never told me that story. So I was one completely freaked out that that you had never told me but two i was also really fascinated that your life had been personally i guess sort of indirectly touched by yeah well it wasn't my story unsolved so mystery. I, I, yeah, I never like yeah. just uh, it wasn't something that i never really told but you know i did look you know i did look into it and just like i would keep updates and see where you know uh, of the girl that i knew and see if anything ever happened and nope completely unsolved as a matter of fact uh it would be a good podcast, probably. Yeah. So if if you get sick of doing this podcast and you want to get just do a true crime podcast, I got a story. Right. Perfect. Yeah. I have so many resources. I, I'm definitely the ideal candidate for that. 
so I remember as a kid, uh, there was that really popular show. God, do you remember what the hell it was called when we were kids? It was a guy who was Unsolved Mysteries. Was that just what it was called, you, Unsolved were Mysteries? Were you not just paying attention to me? I just mentioned that no, show no, twice. No, no, no. But, but was that the one with the... Yes, sorry. Was, a, was, was that the Robert one Stack. with the guy? Yeah, the guy whose kid went missing. Oh, right? no, no, and no, that's no, why no. He... That's John no, no, no. Walsh. So which one is the one I'm thinking of? The he, guy that was kid... America's Most Wanted. Oh, America's Most Wanted. And that That's was right. with John Walsh and his kid was Adam Walsh. And there was like a TV movie about Adam called Adam, I believe, with uh, oh, Judd right, Jud right, right. Hirsch. Uh, oh, maybe. You know who Judd so, Hirsch is from Taxi? Of course. I remember. Yeah. I, for some yeah, reason, so... I, have, I have never, I have not looked this up ever in the history of my life, but I'm pretty sure the TV movie starred him. And it was about the uh, the Adam Walsh case. I mean, I was exposed to those shows as a kid. You know, I certainly remember my dad watching them, but I really didn't look at true crime as a genre of interest until I was like in my 20s. And I worked with this woman who on our lunch breaks, we would often like, you know, sit in silence and read. And uh, she would read these books about serial killers. And I thought it was creepy as shit. Mm -hmm. But, but... You know, I asked her about it one day and she said she just thought it was fascinating. The psychology was fascinating. And one day she left one of those books like on the shelf. So when I went up from a lunch break, I, you know, picked you're it up, so, checked it out. And uh, and I was kind of I was creepily hooked. I mean, I was horrified, but I I I guess I had never chosen to think about it like you hear those things and you shrug them off and not shrug them off but you like shake them off right I, I had never thought of actually like reading uh, reading about it and then i don't know i i, I don't want to say indulging in it because it's super creepy but but yeah. i have since become pretty I, I mean i'm certainly not you know I, I it is not my i wouldn't call it my favorite genre it's not the one i seek out the most but I definitely will say that I am far more interested in it than I ever thought I would be. It's it's morbid. It's creepy. I can't do it all the time. I need breaks. But yeah, no, I'm interested. You know, I mean, I call them murder I'm casts. A... I call them murder casts, and I murder listen casts. for you know more as a how to. Because you you learn about the mistakes. You know, you learn about the mistakes you made. The, what the police so tend to do up. tendencies. So you could really, if you listen to enough. You could learn a lot. Wasn't that the story behind, uh, that's like Golden State Killer. Oh God. now I can't remember you. Did you read that book? Um, Patton, um, she was Patton married Oswald's to, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but what's her name? What was her name? Uh, never mind. I'm going to go grab the book. Patton Grabbing the book. No, I refuse to do that. Okay. Let's see here. Ah. Michelle McNamara. McNamara. I remembered when you yes. said it. McNamara. Yes. Yes. Wrote the book about the Golden State Killer. Didn't, I mean, I believe he had, uh, like, a police background, right? I think he, he used, to, used be a, to be a cop, yeah. Yeah, he used to be a cop. I mean, what, I mean, what better fucking person, you know? I mean, to know what people look for and what to not do. I mean, oh, God, yeah. creepy. Anyway, your statement was creepy. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start the podcast. Are we recording? Okay. Did we start? We're totally, yeah, this is happening. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. okay. So you picked 
We'll start with your pick because I did the. Oh right, I did okay, because we're gonna do opening. this a little weird because I did right. pick a serial podcast. Serial. Um, yeah. You know, one that was it's actually long. It's like fifteen episodes, something like that. It's quite long. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. when I think when we do something like this, and it might just be the genre, but it might be others. I, I really don't know uh, mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. But when we do stuff like this, where we do pick one that is a long one where I've done the entire thing. We're going to do spoilers, but at a different time. So we're going to kind of loosely touch base on what this is, kind of get a brief brief description, and then we'll go into way more details uh, towards the end. Yes. Yeah. We're going to do the lightning round. So we'll do Josh's pick, my pick lightning round, and then we're going to do spoilers for the the serial Josh's serial podcast. So, Obviously, if you want to listen to it, you don't want the spoilers. Very easy to hit stop. Or if you if you do to listen to this uh, one and you want to come back and then hear oh, yeah. you know what we want to do, feel free to do that. If you want to listen twice, yeah. three times, four times, whatever you want to do, just whatever, whatever. It's okay. all about you. If you want to so, listen to us all day, that's fine. So my okay. pick is uh, mm-hmm. an Australian podcast. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it was huge in Australia. It was pr- the number huge. one podcast that they've ever done. Uh, not uh-huh. only pocket, not only popular in Australia, but New Zealand. They're always connected somehow. Um, mm-hmm. And the UK, uh, big in the UK, but not so much. Didn't gain traction here. I don't know if it had something to right. do with the accents, but um, my pick Usually. is called <laughs> the Teacher's Pet, or in uh-huh. Australia, it's called the Teacher's Pit. Uh, you're that going to probably good. you're going to probably hear some bad Australian accents uh, in the uh-huh. next few minutes here, but we can't help um, ourselves. It is basically just an investigative podcast into the disappearance and probable murder of Lynette mm-hmm. Dawson or Lynn Dawson uh, mm-hmm. in the Sydney area of uh, New South Wales in 19. 19- 82. So this one goes mm-hmm. way back. So it goes mm-hmm. a long way back. That's part of the problem um, is that they did not do a very good investigation when this first, when this incident first happened. So these 15 Shitty. episodes, yeah, well, yeah, these uh, 15 episodes go into that investigation. And then the really the, the interest in the, the podcast makes no bones about who they think killed Lynette Dawson. They think that it was yeah. her husband chris dawson uh mm-hmm. chris dawson was a famous well semi-famous i don't really know how famous per se but people knew I, about I think him there as a, he was very famous as a rugby player um mm-hmm. so people knew who he was um so he was a uh, semi-famous or very famous somewhere in between somewhat and very uh, definitely rugby player in the early uh, late 70s um, and mm-hmm. then became a school teacher uh, and while he was a school teacher, he, um, let's say, befriended a young lady. Um, Many young ladies, uh, yes. allegedly. The the one that we want to focus on, her name was Joanne Curtis. Uh, yes. And she was just 16 years old. And this dude was, yeah. I don't know. 35, 36 at the time? Yeah, he was. Whatever, yeah, whatever he was it was, it was plus. gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So while he's married to Lynette Dawson, he starts diddling the babysitter, basically. No, uh, this it's, was it's not more a... than that. She wasn't the, even the, wow, God, we can't give that away. We shouldn't give that away. Yeah, ba- we'll call her the babysitter. Fine, we'll call her the yeah. babysitter. Oh, God. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's disgusting. So while, while the babysitter um, 
come oh eventually the babysitter comes to live with both uh lynn lynn dawson and chris dawson in their house as mm-hmm, a live-in 16 mm-hmm. year old babysitter does i guess that's just like a normal thing just happens sure um mm-hmm. i do believe uh joy and curtis came from sort of a broken home i think uh her there's like alcoholics involved and wasn't a good scene. So she, she was mm-hmm. very apt to be like, Oh, okay. I'll come live here. Um, she, the wife, Lyn- Lynette Dawson did have a couple of run-ins where it was more than a, uh, more than a, f- uh, well, she just saw him. She saw him in mm-hmm. the bedroom. She saw him out, out in the pool. And, um, so there, there was issues there. Um, they go yep. to they, yep. they go to counseling for a little bit, and everything seems like it's getting better. She tells her family everything's getting better. The marriage is getting better. Everything's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, poof, she's gone. Gone. Gone without a trace. Gone without yeah. taking any of her stuff. Leaving her kids behind. Her kids were like four and six. They were I think little. when she disappeared, uh, yeah, yeah. I want to say Chanel and Sharon were mm-hmm. the daughter, were their daughters. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's cause for concern. You would think if would think. this happened and everybody knew right. about it, everybody knew about mm-hmm. the babysitter, everybody knew about their marital problems, and yet they just take this guy's word for it that. Um, she just left the family on her own accord and that, uh, or maybe she went out, uh, was, uh, went to a religious cult. Um, right. That which all was kinds a later story. Yeah. Oh, he said, yeah. Oh no, I talked to her. I talked to her like after she had disappeared. No, I talked to her. She called me and she said, she's still thinking right. about things and trying to work things mm-hmm. out and, and mm-hmm. eventually she'll come back. Uh, yeah. and the cops were just like, okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm guessing it had something to do with his uh, notoriety as a, a football player, but um, I don't know. I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of lot to be discussed here. Um, there's a lot of outrage, possible, uh, you know, corruption. Uh, definitely weird sex stuff going on. So there's a lot of a lot of interest in this. Um, and so the I should say the the host and uh, creative force behind the teacher's pet was uh, somebody named uh, Headley or Headley. How how mm-hmm. do you say it? Headley Thomas. Well, it depends. I say Headley if I'm using my own voice, but I say Headley when I'm trying when I'm trying to sound Australian and failing. But yeah, yeah. okay. Well, as so far as investig in part of the, as far as investigative journalism podcasts go, I think this is very good. Um, he brings in a lot of witnesses that nobody had talked to before. Um, so new things come up in this podcast and we're going to go into it in the spoilers a little bit more about the power of this podcast in particular and what it managed to do. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you're looking for a great, intriguing serial true crime podcast that you've probably never heard of before, the teacher's pet is my recommendation. I did have a couple of issues with it. Um, but overall I thought it was pretty great. So that's my, that's my pick. Yeah, I listened to this podcast, um, and because it was a serial, I listened to pretty much the entire thing. I think I, I didn't listen to like the last three episodes, but it was just because I ran out of freaking time. But be, you know, for serials, I we're trying we're going to try to listen to the entirety of each other's picks, 
And so uh, as, as my brief commentary in terms of recommending this podcast to anyone, I want to uh, take a brief moment and introduce a new segment called Carrie's Feminist Corner. What's this now? Uh-huh. Yeah. So Carrie's Feminist Corner uh, theme song, Carrie's Feminist Corner, down with the patriarchy. So from you Carrie's only, But you're only giving corner, yourself a corner? It's a corner. It's like an advice desk, a corner-shaped, kind of a rounded, where I'm just mm-hmm. going to give you a few tips. But the rest of uh, the room... From a well, you know how you all spread out and take over the rest of the fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> just <laughs> today's feminist corner. Let me just get on my feminist hat. Just get that on there. Today's feminist corner has four <laughs> points. Okay, there's four <laughs> points I would like to make from today's feminist corner. Uh, four point points. <clears throat> four. Okay. Point one. I'm gonna have eight, uh, just so you know. <laughs> Because I have to have more and mine has to be bigger. I would actually say, in terms of recommending this podcast, I would actually say that this is a a very feminist podcast. Mr. Heedley Thomas uh, has created a very feminist podcast. Uh, I say that because he actually gives a voice to a lot of women who either felt like they couldn't speak up because they were afraid to when this actually happened, or women who did speak up and were totally disregarded. So I want to give a, a shout out to Heedley for creating a really feminist podcast. I also thoroughly appreciated the disgust and disdain in his voice whenever he would talk about the many young women who were manipulated and all but raped in this podcast. A shout out to his disgust and disdain because I shared it. Point Well, that was point one. Point two. While it is unlikely that anyone pursues a true crime for something light, fluffy, and relaxing, maybe you do, but mm, probably not, I I do think it's important with true crime to know a little bit about what you're getting into. You know, we all have our own history. We all have our own things that kind of uh, trigger some things for us. So this particular podcast contains quite a few details about domestic violence It contains quite a few details about statutory rape. There were some women under 16 who were involved. They don't go into a lot of detail about that, but they do talk about it. And let's not forget, you know, this this also goes into detail about a 16-year-old girl who was basically brainwashed and manipulated by a grown-ass man who, you know, was fucking disgusting. All right? That's point two. Point three. Very important. I'm listening. Uh, Excellent. The main victim in this story is a a sweet, doting housewife, devoted mother, totally deserves justice. I am in no way saying that that this podcast shouldn't have been what what it was, but I do believe that part of why this podcast was made and part of why it got so much popularity where it is it's because she had, you know, the, 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 the Mother Mary image, right? So when it comes to domestic violence, when it comes to missing women, when it comes to women who were probably murdered, whose cases are still open, not all of them fall under the saint category. Um, and I do want to make a point of, I get that this podcast, you know, pulled and tugged at a lot of emotions, and I really appreciate that it was made. 
but I do think there is a place to make millions of podcasts for the countless women that go missing who maybe were not known as saints in their community. And I think it's important to point that out. If she wouldn't have been the sweet, loving, doting woman that she was, or maybe if he wouldn't have been famous, I don't know, something in between those two things, I, I just don't know if this would have been made. And that's a point that I think it's important to make. And then finally, point four. If you listen to this podcast, and I hope you do, you might be shocked by how this podcast uh, explains how the original case was handled, right? Total, total clusterfuck in terms of how it was investigated, how everyone just nodded their head and believed, you know, the, the tall, blonde, white guy, you know, oh, sure, that makes sense that your wife, if, if you listen to this and you're totally shocked, and perhaps you try to comfort yourself in a blanket that's, you know, oh, but it was a long time ago, it was the 80s, or oh, it's another country, so like, you know, this wouldn't happen now. I am here to tear that blanket away from you and let you know that it happens every day. And this isn't even just across the world. I mean, Jesus, the numbers across the world, I, I don't even know what they are. But here in the United States of America, women go missing every single friggin' day. And their cases are just left open, never solved. So a few statistics I wanted to throw out at you, just because I think they're important to acknowledge. Uh, statistic number one, in terms of the number of uh, um, percentage of a population that people make up versus the percentage of women that go missing, the largest population that is affected by this, the largest population of women who go missing and whose cases are never solved are indigenous women and women of color, primarily black women. So those are the two biggest populations that are affected in the United States of America. Also, in 2018, women over 21 made up the majority of missing persons cases. Let's see. Women over 21 at 240,000 open missing cases and girls under 21 at over 62,000. Now, having said that, boys under 21 made up 98,000. But an important point to note there is this is people that are actually reported missing. Where all right. The, where when they're are they labeled, all going? This is a great question. If you are labeled as like runaway, you might not be tallied in these numbers. And, and that's where some of, you know, some of the social issues might come into play. Or if you're not a saintly person, you're just labeled as a runaway, but perhaps you're actually freaking missing. So, uh, so these oh, are some sex things. Life stuff? Like what's going on? This is an answer that I don't, I don't know. So I think that's part of the, part of the issue. I mean, if it's non-solved, I don't know. However, however, as, as far as small kids, uh, perhaps, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think I don't think they went off and got their own apartment and got a job and now they're taking care of themselves. Perhaps some of them did, but I highly doubt most of them did. So those, um, those numbers are so just staggering. They're insane. So these are just some some points I want to make. You know, if you're listening to the, this podcast and if you're having some of these thoughts, you know, I want I just want to point out. I, I had them too. Um, and I think there's room for bazillions of podcasts about missing, about missing women. Uh, and uh, not just the ones who are, you know, 
If anything, it's a it's a call for uh, the return of Unsolved Mysteries. Perhaps we need perhaps. we need that show now more than ever. We need that show now more than ever. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but you know, or you can make podcasts. a whole freaking show it's, about this. Yeah, more podcast sounds more reasonable. If they're gonna get things done the way this dude got shit done, then I am gonna vote for that because this guy friggin' un you know unearthed this friggin' case from yeah. from the dead zone. And we haven't even uh, gotten into half of it, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about correct. that again towards the end when we get into the spoiler full. That was just sort of a basis. And just so you know, Carrie, I did not do any research for your pick. Thank you. I did, did not go into <laughs> statistics. I, I did. I didn't do any of that. That's okay. I'm happy to do that stuff. I I actually really enjoy doing that stuff. So I can I can do that stuff. Me okay. and the internet, we're like friends. Are you still wearing okay. your hat? Um, well, I was going to keep it on. It's Just a little knit cap with a, with a little nutcracker ornament glued to where the ball used to be. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it, it wiggles a little whenever I gesture with my head. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's my feminist cap. <laughs> if you just nod your head up and down, does it make a noise? <laughs> it cracks nuts. Yeah. The little nutcracker maps. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I suggest taking it off, but, uh, you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> You are a grown-ass woman. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can do whatever I want. All, All right. right. Well, let's talk about so, your pick then. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. So my pick. My pick is not climbing the charts anywhere yet. So uh, I really want to encourage you to listen to this podcast if this particular um, information interests you. So my podcast is called Uncertain Terms. And it came out this year, 2019, January, I believe. It has a total of five episodes, so it's not a huge commitment. There will be a season two. I'm about to explain to you why there's only five episodes. Your hosts for this podcast are Melissa Holtzman, who is a investigative journalist, and Desha Johnson, who is also a journalist who apparently specializes more in the area of tech, but she was the producer of this show. So this show revolves around uh, a, a, a series of laws that have changed here uh, under the Supreme Court and now state by state. So in 2014, uh, well, I should start with the Supreme Court. Okay, in 2005, the Supreme Court ruled against mandatory life prison sentences for juveniles. So now in 2014, a law was passed in the state of Florida that said children previously sentenced to life in prison are permitted a second chance and review or opportunity for a reduced sentence. So is this re reviewed by just a judge or is it like a whole retrial? It's a, a whole retrial. Right. So it's a whole retrial. So basically anyone who fit this description could uh, um, apply. It's probably not called apply an, for an appeal. Right. They could apply for a retrial. <laughs> apply is playing with the right word, you guys. So so they got obviously many uh, requests for appeal, but only certain ones were granted. And I do not know what the criteria like what the specific criteria was to, to determine, you know, who was eligible for a retrial and who was not. I will say that the cases are extremely different. Um, all of these, all of these young people have been accused of murder, 
right? They were they were, were all accused and found guilty of murder, but the 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 details involved in each murder are different. So four of the episodes, wait, am I lying? No, I am not. Four of the episodes in this podcast are each one of the, it's each a, a single case. So a, a person, a, a person who was granted a retrial, they are no longer children. Most of them now are in their thirties and forties. They've already served maybe 20 plus years of their sentence. So each one is a retrial and they will go into the details of the case. Um, and then by the end of the episode, you will know the outcome of their retrial. So every I, episode stands I'm just confused on the wording. The, 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 when you say retrial, like, cause I didn't, they're not retrying the crime itself. They're just sort of presenting a case that like their lawyers or somebody are presenting a case on why they think their sentence should for be a, reduced. But I know the families are sentence, involved. Yes. Like the families of the victims are involved. <clears throat> Absolutely. So it, They're not, allowed to come in. It's not a retrial. It's just a hearing. That's, I mean, yes, you are correct. They are not trying to determine whether or not the person was guilty. So the reason why I should specify, the reason why in 2005, the Supreme Court made this ruling was due to research that was presented by neuroscientists, which demonstrated that the brain, the human brain, is not fully formed until about 21 or 22 years old. Specifically, it is the prefrontal cortex, which is in charge of executive uh, decision making, that is not fully formed. That's the last yeah. thing to, to, to come into complete shape. Yeah, this so, explains my teenage years. This explains a lot of our teenage years. So, in my 20s and 30s. Is... <laughs> I'm Okay, so, no, seriously. That is why the Supreme Court made this ruling. It was based on scientific research saying that you should not necessarily hold a child accountable for their actions if they've been able to demonstrate growth and change. Specifically, you know, when you're talking about kids who have been, who have been exposed to extreme trauma. So... I found this podcast really interesting. Oh, I should say. Okay. So four cases. Episode five, they actually go into all the details that one might be looking for. Uh, they go into the details of um, all the different laws that were passed along the way, how they came to... to um, uh, not only create those laws, but the people who fought for those laws. They talked to some of the neuroscientists who created and presented research. Um, and then they they also talk a little bit about, about their roles in it, the two hosts, you know, how they got involved in this and how many years that they've been working on this. Episode six, I think, is the bonus episode. It was a live episode with the two hosts where they answered you know, writing questions from listeners. Uh, that was actually a really interesting episode because people got to ask different questions about different um, cases. They got to ask detailed questions about, you know, making a podcast. These two women, it was their first podcast. Uh, it was, it was actually, it was actually pretty interesting. I listened to the, all, all six of them and five and six were both actually really interesting. So I told you 
Josh, if you were only going to listen to one, I asked you to listen to episode three, which had quite an impact on me. I know you listened to two, meaning two different ones, but episode three was the one I recommended to Josh. The uh, person involved in episode three is Lenadiel Ash. Um, she uh, goes by Nene, Nene Ash. She was convicted of shooting shooting a convenience store clerk um, uh, after a robbery gone wrong, I guess. They went in to rob the place. Apparently, the clerk, you know, reached for his gun. At least it looks that way from the scene. Um, and she shot him. She was, I think, 14 at the time. Uh, Lenadiel Ash, uh, her story was particularly interesting to me because she has quite a history. When she was eight years old, um, she saw her father beat her mother to death. Um, she held her mother's hand as her mother bled out and died. And then she had to testify against her father in court, explaining to the judge and the jury what she saw, what happened, and that it was indeed her father who killed her mother. Yeah, she the audio on, on the recordings of, of her testifying as an eight-year-old were chilling. Chilling. Yeah, they're chilling. This itty-bitty, tiny little voice, you know, talking about what she saw and what she experienced. Now, in that particular recording, uh, Josh, you even said it yourself, and you didn't even listen to episode five. You know, a lot of people claimed that the attorney was leading her. Or kind oh, he of, definitely you know, was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you kind of have to lead an eight-year-old, but eight I mean, it was it was weird. Uh, it's not that I didn't believe yeah. the testimony; it was just that it sounded rehearsed, is all. I understand. I I also was thoroughly creeped out by by how they spoke to her, like the part where he said to her, "You know, Nene, do you believe in God? Yes, I do. Do you believe that God will punish you if you lie today? Yes, I do. Do you believe I'll punish you if you lie today? Yeah. Yes, I do." I was like, "Jesus fucking Christ!" And what like did he say? Old... It's okay to swear. It's okay to swear. And she was like, "Nah, yeah. motherfucker." Whatever. I was just, what right, right. Quoting her father, like just basically his last words to this woman before he beat her to death. Um, yeah, it's rough. She has two two siblings who both testify at her retrial hearing, whatever you want to, you know what I, you know, her they were second both chance. There too. The siblings were both at the, the, the crime where the father com killed the mother. Correct. Her, her, her uh, brother was five years old, so he has very little recollection of it. And then also her older sister apparently ran for help before their mother actually died. So she ran out of the house for help. Mm -hmm. um, Nene was the only person who went to her mother after the father drove off in his car, held her hand, and watched her mother die and watched the end. So I don't I don't remember. This, did they arrest that did they arrest him right away? Did they arrest him right away? I believe they did. Yeah, I yeah, believe so they did. So they basically lost both their parents. They lost both their parents one hundred percent. Did um, they go to foster know, care or uh, I don't I just don't uh, remember. There was a grandmother involved. There was okay. a grandmother involved. Um, there was a grandmother involved that was I think, less involved with the oldest sister's upbringing because the oldest sister was already a teenager and she ended up going into the military. And then um, her younger brother, they don't talk too much about his experiences growing up, but they do talk about, he openly talks about his testimony at Nene's, uh, whatever, retrial hearing. 
I found it really striking. He was so, uh, his ability to talk about his experiences and his way of looking at his life. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I was really moved by a lot of what he said, but he specifically said, you know, all the years that I spent in therapy will never fix this. It will never fix the fact that, that I was sitting in that house while my mother was dying on the front lawn. And he's like, he basically said, you know, Nanny was the only person that was there holding her hand during her dying breath. So I can't, I cannot imagine how that affects or changes, changes someone. And there was some, Well, this kind of gets into, this kind of gets into the meat of why this podcast is, is great. Mm. Um, and I do think it's great. Um, because I've never listened to something where I was literally fighting with myself. Yeah. And, like <laughs> constantly like thinking one thing and then being like, no, I don't think that I think this thing. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't, you know, I think you should be responsible for your actions. No, it's just a child who was, uh, you know, had this unbelievable thing happen to them, this tragedy at right. such a, a young age that it's going to affect them. Oh, right. but then, but her brother and sister were in that same situation or similar situation and they made it out fine. Right. Uh, it, and then obviously there's the crime itself. Yeah. Uh, there's the victims. Uh, not only just the victim of yeah. the crime, but the family of the victim. Yeah. And you you go through such a range of emotions when you're listening to this thing, and yeah. you're, you're literally like changing your mind constantly. I've, normally, you hear something that's kind of black and white. You're like, oh, this is terrible, and it's this yeah. person's fault. Yeah. But what this what this podcast in particular is doing in in highlighting this Supreme Court ruling that says these uh, these uh, these crimes are are, are going to we're going to put them back because we don't think that these people deserve life in prison without the possibility of parole. Right. Because it happened when they were at such a young age and and the, whatever you said, the prefrontal cortex was no longer <laughs> some brain valid chunks. Of yeah. Brain. yeah. Right. Yeah. I um I agree with you. I I didn't feel that way. I know we talked about this particular episode with Linadial Ash. And I know you you struggled. And and it's true. When you hear the testimony from the victims' families, it is, of course, it's it's incredibly hard. And I'm I'm not, I am in no way saying that I have hard, fast, absolute feelings about this, other than I do think that juveniles deserve a chance i i I don't i don't feel comfortable with this idea that a child has to go to prison for life i i and i really don't feel comfortable if their history is not taken into account or some access to trauma rehabilitation however i totally struggled not not with this one but i struggled from case to case there was a case of a he was 16 yeah he was 16 years old when he he used to mow his neighbor's lawn. She was this elderly woman, 65 plus elderly woman. One day he broke into yeah. her house and he raped her and murdered her. And I, 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 I couldn't, I was struggling with that. Yeah. You're, oh, oh, but it's just cause his brain wasn't formed yet. Right. Like, eh, I, don't I, don't know. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's something a little more wrong with this guy. Yeah. I was really struggling with that one and, and other ones like it. Um, I, I, I think Nene for me, you know, this young girl who who just had a fuck show as a child and then 
this it's not I, I know this doesn't make it any better for the victims i am not trying to say that but the guy she was you know she's part of a robbery the guy pulls a gun she shot him she's 14 year well, old they pulled the gun first i mean it was an armed robbery they, oh yes 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 no of course of course yes <laughs> it's making it they, sound like it's self-defense it really no, wasn't although wasn't she claimed it was self-defense she, yeah it, it, she was 14 i think it was an armed robbery the guy pulled out a fuck you gun he was like no kids are robbing you know like fuck this kids are not robbing my store and she shot she then lied about it she was 14 years old she claimed someone else shot the gun i mean it oh, that's right. First, she first she claimed somebody else robbed the gun. Right. And she claimed it was self defense. Correct. And that she never really took responsibility for this crime Took until this law was passed. Yeah, yeah. So that that stuff it does bother me. Uh, I know. But ultimately, I mean, I do think they deserve a chance. Uh, yeah. I, the libertarian in me is like, if it's a child that commits murder or whatever, even that child should gain, you know, should garner some different. Uh, you know, different responsibilities from, um, you know, uh, from the state. Yeah, right. The state should look at this a little bit differently. And the fact that it was kind of a, a rampant in the 70s and 80s to put a child under 18 exactly. in prison for the rest of their life. I, I do I do understand that. And I, I, I do like the fact that they are getting a second chance to at least be heard. Yeah. Um, but it still comes down to a judge, you know what I mean? Just actually looking at it uh I'm, I'm guessing they take into consideration what type of prisoner they've been they do um, they do yeah their prison what? record their their people that come and testify on their behalf for their character and their personality and right. so on and so forth and then but, also take into consideration the victims uh, and the yeah. victim family how they still feel yeah like i think it would be if i was the judge and i heard a victim who was easily um forgiving um Against a family of the victim who is like, no, I hope they rot in hell. Like, yeah, that's kind of a big difference, too. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, that matters a little bit. And I don't know how much the judge has taken that into consideration either. But right. also, I, the, the type of prison you are, I think, matters a lot. Yeah, of um, course. It's it's hard, and granted, I only know from reality TV shows, but uh, jail doesn't seem fun. Uh, it seems like a lot of hard uh, things that you have to do, and for especially if you're in there for murder, you're probably in one of the uh, yeah. maximum security type prisons, and you, it's easy to get caught up in a lot of different things. And you know, somebody just one time shows you some disrespect, and the next thing you know, you're you know in solitary for whatever you know a year or you know what i mean like it's not yeah. an easy thing uh, no. and so if you're actually a model prisoner for the last 30 years in those type of situations that doesn't take away from what you've done but you know it may be because some of these people are getting off like uh like they're being let go uh, well, back no, into society yes that's true although i don't think any i don't think any of the cases they reviewed got that one did Oh, no, really? Because they, they already, it was the second case that I heard. Uh, oh, okay. He was, already, yeah. he was already in for like, he had already been in for 30 years. Oh, uh, right. They, the judge sent him for like 37, and then right. with time off for good behavior, he actually just got let out. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And this is a guy that shot somebody in the face. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally. I understand the the conflict in this. Um, and yeah, but that's what makes it great. That's what makes it great. It, it is. It really is what makes it great. And when the show first started, when I got to episode one, um, you know, um, uh, Melissa Holzman, she's a reporter and she 
she she really sounds like a reporter. She's got <laughs> yes, she this very newsy voice, like this very 1930s radio show, that mid-Atlantic English sound. And at first I was like, oh, this is very off-putting because it seems very flat and unemotional. But ultimately <laughs> it kind of made sense because they were trying to present a balanced show where, I mean, it was hard to know who you I, wanted I to did root not for. Hear, I did not hear a bias one way or the other. I didn't in, either. In any... And I think that was so part of it. That's with... actually hard to do. Um, oh, hell yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, get, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's There's there's credit to be had there because, yeah. I yeah. didn't hear yeah, one opinion from any of them. Right. And and when you, when you listen to episode five and six, the bonus, when you listen to the bonus episodes, you really hear that from both of these women, you know, people, of course, writing into the show were like, oh, my God, how could you be near that person? And they're, you know, they're both trying to say, like, look, my job was to go in there and and tell the story from as 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 middle of the road as I possibly could. My job was to represent everybody's story. So. No, I didn't get caught up in any sort of emotional sway that I may have been experiencing because my job was to not do that. So I thought they did a really, really great job. I mean, I was really torn. I, I was originally, you know, originally the first show I asked you to listen to was a show called Conviction. And that show blew my mind. But it, it, it I is. I think it's top 10 now rocketing up the charts it is sailing up the charts but but just as a note for for people who are looking for shows that do not tell you what to feel or how to feel and actually give every single person a chance to talk that was another one and that's part of the reason why i loved it so much conviction was uh saki kanafo from the new york times a great show no you don't have to listen to it if you're looking for tiny shows to support but but he did a very similar thing. He did not tell me what his feelings were, and he gave everyone a chance to, to, to tell their story. And it was very confusing, and it really, really, really tore me up in a lot of ways. And I think that's just remarkable journalism. <laughs> it's remarkable journalism. I was like, fuck, well, I don't know how to feel. God damn it. I mean, everyone really had a chance to tell their story. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that and, was there's, okay. and there's there's resolution to these you know cases. Like, very satisfying, um, yeah. That's, a, that's another issue with true crime broadcasts in general. Sometimes no resolution at all. So, no resolution. Um, yeah. Now I th- there's one one tiny aspect that I did not care for. I know. Um, but it's yeah. more of just a, mm-hmm. a technical thing. Is the the sound quality is a little yes. a little weird. It's yes. A little, yes. From one you know uh, interview to the next, there's a lot of sound quality issues yeah you can Uh, hear everything that's not the point it's just it it was a little off-putting but i got over that pretty quickly yeah although i'm talking about it now so (laughs) so apparently you're still i guess i didn't get i didn't get that over it yeah so uh desha johnson does talk about in the final episode the bonus episode and by the way you guys there is going to be a season two they do announce that they're already working on it um and so i'm looking forward to that i'm definitely going to stick with these two women i think they did an amazing job but desha johnson talks about uh this is her first podcast and uh she admits one working with sound was uh probably the only thing she found traumatizing (laughs) because she had never done it before and two, mm-hmm. holy shit. So they talk about having to get footage from the original cases. Like a lot of the original cases are from the friggin' 80s and 90s, right? 
So they talked about having to get like these old recordings that were on VHS. Oh, sure. And they had to get either the court, like the, the people that own the recordings, they had to digitize it, which apparently like one of the VHS tapes was destroyed in the process of doing this. And so the people who owned it got really pissed off about that. And then also a couple of the VHS tapes that they were able to uh, access themselves, they were able to check out or whatever. They would use like a little recorder and put it up to the friggin' television to record it. I mean, <laughs> so... You know, it was it was it was challenging on a lot of levels, and it was their first podcast. Sound is a bitch, so yeah, she talks about that, which I also really appreciated. They were those last two episodes were surprisingly good. I put them off. I was like, oh, I don't care about that, but uh, I just want to hear about the cases. But the last two episodes were right. fucking great. I don't need to hear how the bread was made. I don't, <laughs> but I really enjoyed hearing how the bread was made. I, I was it was actually really good. So great podcast, uh, small um, and. Uh, it's a really difficult topic. If you don't want to take it on, I understand, but it's uh, it's really good. Um, so yeah, uncertain terms with Melissa Holzman and Desha Johnson. Uh, fantastic. All right, fantastic. I think it's a good time to break. to take a little break. Let's take a little break. Uh, we'll so... be back with uh, the uh, lightning round. Uh, give you guys some recommendations a, uh, for Netflix and, then a and such. Spoiler full con- con- conversation about the teacher's pets. So hang in there. Don't go away. All right, people, we are back. We've got the lightning round because we know that you don't just have ears. You have eyes. You want to watch things. You have a Mm -hmm. butt. You want to sit on a couch. You have ears that want to maybe hear music or like, Maybe your eyes hey, want to read you, a book. What are you smelling this week? What are you smelling? We should do a sm- we should part, do some type of smell recommendation of in our, <laughs> our lightning round. Smells I suggest lavender for relaxation. <laughs> okay, uh, the lightning round. So uh, here we go. Here's our lightning round. We're going to try to make this one quick. We kind of blew the last one. Oh, wait, one. lightning round sound effect. <laughs> yeah, it's like l- lightning, whatever lightning, lightning. All right. So, uh, Joshua, what are yes. you watching and or recommending on uh, Let's Do Netflix? I know you said, I guess we don't have to only do Netflix. I feel like everybody has Netflix and not everybody has the other stuff. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess we don't have to always do Netflix. How do you feel about this? Well, I mean, I have a Netflix pick ready to go. because Great, let's do that. Movies, okay, so. great. Let's just do that. Let's do that. We'll talk about this later. I mean, later. I'm watching Game of Thrones like everybody else, but... I know, you know everyone's uh, GOTing except for me because I don't have HBO Go. Um, I, 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 I'm going to just binge it later. All right, okay. we'll do your Netflix. Here's what Netflix. you can watch on your Netflix. Netflix. Uh, I actually love this. Um, I watched uh, Sex, Love, and Robots. It is a uh, like an anthology series, an all-animated anthology series, and each episode is only like like four to 12 minutes long and it's all sci-fi based. Um, every episode's different, totally different animation. The animation is spectacular. The stories are really cool. Like I wanted, like if I felt like I was watching like a teaser for, uh, like a, like if I was in charge of, you know, green lighting animation projects and I'm just like looking at a bunch of them, I would have signed up about 10 out of the whatever 20 that there were. Um, I want to see like full animated shows out of a lot of this stuff. But if that never happens, if this is just what it is, um, it was still fantastic and, and awesome to watch. So I highly recommend. 
Sex, Love, and Robots. Sex, Love, Netflix. and Robots. Nice. Okay. What are you watching? My Netflix pick is way heavier. I apologize. I am going to uh, recommend to you a show called Flowers. It is not brand new, but it recently came to Netflix. Uh, it was created and written by Mr. Will Sharp. Um, it stars Will Sharp, but also Olivia Colman, recent uh, Oscar winner. So there you go. Flowers is a fan. Uh, oh, the movie about the queen. Uh, shit. God damn it. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> the queen movie, the recent queen movie. Um, Oh, the favorite, the favorite, which I took my father to go see. And that was awkward. So flowers, flowers is a, uh, dark comedy, an absolutely whimsical show about mental illness. So this show, uh, not only is, um, funny at times like truly laugh out loud funny it's also devastating and heartbreaking at times so if you have in your family experienced mental illness in a family member a close friend perhaps you yourself have experienced living with mental illness this show touches on uh something that a lot of shows have not it connects in a pretty fucking remarkable way and i believe part of that is mr will sharp is extremely open about living with bipolar disorder Check it out if you feel like you're into that sort of thing. Flowers. Okay. Is that an English show? Oh, yes. So Will Sharp grew up, I believe, half in the UK and half in Japan. He himself is uh, Japanese, of Japanese descent, but he grew up like half and half. At least that's what I read. He grew up half in the UK, half in Japan. Um, He is the only... Well, that's not true. He is the only Japanese person, I think, in season one, but then you actually get to meet his family in season two. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Are both seasons available? Yes, indeed. Both seasons are available on Netflix, right. well, and I have read that I... no other seasons are to be anticipated. He is working on something else, although I have forgotten what it is. And, uh, yeah. I uh, love mental illness, so I will be adding that to my list. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, so, Joshua, what are you reading? Yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. You come know on. what I'm not reading. I'm not uh, reading anything. I'm reading... Let's see, I just I just finished the complete Miller Report. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah? Unre- unredacted. Uh, unredacted. Oh, wow. Yeah. Aren't you important? Yeah, I get that. And uh, uh-huh. also a bunch of Game of Thrones subreddits. See, that's reading. That's fucking reading. Yeah, sure. All right. We call Reddit reading, I guess. I read it on Reddit. Well, my reading recommendation uh, is basically on brand for the show today. I am recommending an article from Yes Magazine. At least that's where I found it was on Yes Magazine. It is from Janice Cantieri. April 18th, 2019. The name of the article is In Search. In the search for missing women, neighbors, and family members, pair drone. I didn't, I let me try again. I didn't read the punctuation. I got this. In the search for missing women, comma, neighbors and family members pair drones with indigenous knowledge. So this article is about a Ms. Jody Leon who decided to take it upon herself and look for four missing indigenous women who all went missing in the same year. She has gathered 
uh, hundreds of volunteers from the, let me see, British Columbia area. Um, they have actually hosted a golf tournament, charity golf tournament, to raise the money to also purchase several drones to help them scan the area. They have taken it upon themselves to look for any evidence of where these women may have gone. And they're also in uh, connection with the family members, um, trying to provide comfort and hope. So since one of our themes today is the power of the podcast, I just wanted to do a little people power shout out um, and bring up this article. I think it's a great read and uh, that's what I'm reading. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think um, if, if, if we just had everything filmed all the time, from every angle on camera, everything that you did, everything that you said was all just recorded. Yeah. We'd be in a better world. Fancy idea. I think they're doing that in the UK. Don't they do that? Don't they have big brother, big brother cams like fucking everywhere? Mm. Okay. CCTV. All right. What are, are you done? listening? Are... No, we're not listening. Oh. No, no. What are you listening right. to? Song. Song. Oh, oh yeah. I want yours. What's your uh, song? Okay. What's your, what's it? What? Here's, yeah, give it to here's me. what I'm listening to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have sleep issues, right? Yeah. Uh, so I just paid way too much money, um, for a subscription to a sleep, uh, app. Um, so that's what I'm listening to. Basically, I'm listening to sad cello music and <laughs> space noises and, uh, sometimes just whispers about nothing. It's just whispers. Oh, creepy. Really talk about anything, but it's just whispering or uh, there's all kinds of things, um, that are on there. I personally like the sad cello music. <laughs> Who doesn't like sad right cello sleep. music? So I paid a lot of money for really? uh, for me to be able to drift off to sleep. So that's what to I've been sad, to You lately. paid a lot of money for sad cello music? Huh. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, my pick. YouTube has been really doing right by me. Their algorithm, I don't know, has figured me out for the longest time. They were like, oh, you listen to a Corinne Bailey Ray song. You must like Jack Johnson and John Mayer. And I had to be like, no, YouTube, I really don't. YouTube finally gets me. What's wrong me. with John Mayer? We've gone on enough dates, YouTube and I, where it's uh, it's finally seen me. I can't get I can't get into I cannot get into his fucking music. A recent recommendation that they made to me that I am loving. I have listened to her say her name several times. I'm probably still gonna fuck it up. So please, God and everyone, forgive me. Sayinabo say. No, she goes C. It's C. Sayinabo C. The last name is spelled S E Y. Um, everyone says Say. I've watched several interviews uh, with her, and um, everyone says her name wrong. I imagine it must really suck. She is from Sweden. Uh, she was, her father is um, from uh, Gambia. He is a musician, apparently, uh, fairly well known. So, she has music in her blood and in her family. She has a song called uh, I See the Good in You that I can't fucking stop listening to. It is so joyful and so much fun. I absolutely love it. I have actually been enjoying all of her music. She has one ballad that I can't get into, but that's pretty fucking great considering, you know, one ballad. Uh, so I recommend her, you know, stretch. I enjoy music. Would I like her? Would you like her? I think you might like. So, okay. So there's another artist I think you would like better, who I have also found thanks to YouTube. There is an artist named Andrea Traina. 
I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably destroying it. It's uh, A-N-D-R-E-Y-A, and I think the last name is T-R-E-I-N-A. She's from the UK. She has a voice like silk. No, it's more than silk. What is it? It is just delicious. Her voice is fucking phenomenal. She's collaborated. It's like a velvet fog. Velvet. It is so velvety. She's done some collaborating with uh, Bonobo. Um, and somebody else too. Who else has she done some music with? So she's in a lot of collaboration projects. Um, so you might actually recognize her voice, but, uh, she's so sultry and fantastic. She has a song called, um, uh, obsolete. I think it's called, I think it's called a city called obsolete. I wasn't prepared to talk about her. I'm sorry, but it's, it's great. It's really, really enjoyable. So you may like her a little bit more. Whatever, I'm sticking to my John Mayer. All right, well, fine, stick to. I wanna run through the No, no, I don't want to do any of those things. No. Okay. So, for people who don't want to go ahead with spoilers, uh, uh, I hope we've given you some things to check out, and I hope we've given you some things to enjoy in kind of maybe a heartbreaking uh, sort of way. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're moving on to spoilers for The Teacher's Pet. So if you have already listened to The Teacher's Pet and you want to dig into some spoilers, stay with us. And if you have not listened to The Teacher's Pet, you're welcome to listen to it and come back to this. If you get halfway and you decide you can't listen anymore, but you want to know what happens, you can also tune into our spoilers. Should we make some music? Spoilers. <laughs> Okay, let's right, go to our spoilers. Okay. I believe they've all hit stop. They've all hit stop. Okay, good. Okay. So, so, so the teacher's pet. In addition what to, the fuck? No, I know. In addition to spoilers, we should also speak openly about some of the um, some of the things about the podcast that that annoyed us too. Like the repetition did drive me crazy. Yes, and I told you it was you, very repetitious. Yeah, just fucking some of the same shit over and over in every episode. And I told you I listened, I read. Um, excuse me, I read, I read a podcast review where uh, somebody tore into that. They were just kind of like the fucking repetition, you guys. Like, I mean, but they also they also really liked it and they do recommend it. But the repetition of uh, details was super annoying. So. I believe we should go into spoilers about the story, but we should also be open about like some shit, you know, everything's got a problem. I think that might have something, the repetition might have something to do with, it was such, it got such, uh, it became such a popular podcast in the midst of them doing the podcast. This is true. This is true. And so people were like hanging on each episode. So it was like, I think it was like every two weeks or something like that, they would come out Yeah. and then they would take breaks. And so I think, and then to allow, you know, so then the, the podcast got even more popular. And so it was a lot of rehashing, but I think, I think I want to say that that was intentional mm-hmm. uh, just because of the popularity of what was happening with this podcast, because it became mm-hmm. a phenomenon in Australia because yeah. of the, uh, well, we talked about why it was probably popular. Right I, right. I disagreed with you a little bit earlier when you said that it was just because she was the doting white housewife, you know, pretty or whatever. I think... That obviously has something to do with it. I welcome um, disagreement. But I also think that the fact that he was a known person, uh, I think a lot of it, you know, the, the sexual scandal aspect of it yeah. Um, yeah. was a very uh, titillating mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and tantalizing for people. And it was and Both of those the tees. outrage of mm-hmm. the, um, the lack of... Uh, 
the police justice? work uh, in the 80s. Uh, yeah, and the lack of justice. I mean, Total I think all those show. things play into it and made this uh, made this an Australian phenomenon. So um, let's get into some spoilers here. Um, yeah. Okay, so he, he, spoiler one. Spoiler one. Spoiler fucking one. What I wanted to say before. Creepville. Okay, so this guy works at a high school and this guy likes mm-hmm. boning teenage girls, all right? We already see a problem yeah. here. With There's his twin brother. With his, with, often with, by the way. Yes, Then, with. then, so he's boning Joanne. He's fucking this kid. Then he, then he invites the kid to be the babysitter. This mm-hmm. guy literally felt totally untouchable. He obviously obviously thought that he was totally untouchable who fucking does that who's like i'm gonna bring in the child i'm fucking into the house under my wife's nose in front of my children and then i'm gonna get my wife drunk on the semi-regular so i can leave our bedroom sneak into the child's bedroom and fuck the child who I have brought right. here. Like he was Who like fucking at Mickey's or whatever. Yeah, literally. Literally. This guy is so goddamn bold and clearly, clearly so privileged that he did not think anyone was going to catch him doing anything. No. So, And let's be honest, Lynette Dawson had to be a little uh, naive. Yeah. To say I mean, the very least. And to say that I mean, she, she people, her friends were telling her, your yeah, husband is fucking, fucking the babysitter. The babysitter. Yeah, and she was like, what? Not my Chris. Like, she just wouldn't believe it until she actually saw it. Fair enough. And then... That's all hearsay, though, to be fair. I mean, this is what people are saying. She could easily have been denying it, but knew, right? I mean, that could have been there. We'll never know whether or not Well, she I think she was also scared of him, too, because he was... Oh, fuck uh, yeah allegedly violent within the relationship as well so right right uh, she was it was probably it was probably a little uh naive naivete uh, a little fear and um just an outright refusal to believe that this was actually happening and probably but terrified she did of see what it. her options are like what are her fucking options you know what i mean like she's clearly living in this like patriarchal nightmare so it's I mean, sort of like a, she had a family that loved her so you, you, I mean, like you think like they would just, I guess, take her in, like take her and her yeah. kids in. I guess, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Um. Anyway, so um, the family's a whole nother story. Like, okay, so she goes. Yeah. Okay. So, so the babysitter moves into the house, and then one Swimming night, topless in the pool. Oh, topless in the pool. Sure. Uh, as your babysitters are known to do. Sure. Um, <laughs> But, okay, so then one night, oh, oh, th- no, okay, so Chris and Joanna decide they're going to run away together, right? Right, so right, they, right, right. They think about going to wherever it was, some, you know, apartment building together. Yeah. Uh, but then his twin brother's like, no, you're going to lose the house. You're going to lose, you know, right, there's right, too right. much at stake, right? So yeah. um, either that or Joanne sort of like got cold feet or whatever. It's like, no, I don't want to do this. Right. So they don't. So they go back. Um, and then they have epic fight, uh, him and Lynette Dawson have an epic fight together. Um, and they start going to counseling. So they have this, these counsel marriage counseling sessions and they come out of that counseling session and Lynette's like, Oh, everything she's telling everybody, she's telling her family, she's telling her friends that, uh, things are going to be great and that, uh, they, they work things out. They're going to figure it out. The marriage is going to be fine. 
And that's the, that's the last a lot of people heard about their marriage in general. From her at all. Night, right. Well, yeah. And the, except for her mother, who mm-hmm. called one night to try to find out what was going on with Lynn. Right. And she, Chris answered the phone, and Chris is like, oh, oh you know, she's, she's sleeping. Or she's not feeling well. Uh, she's not really available. Right. And her mom was like, no, I put her on the phone. I need to talk to her now. Mm-hmm. So he does. And she gets on the phone, and she sounds sauced. Completely, what do they call it? Slushed. Snozzled. I, I forgot the Australian word. Snozzled. Right. right. So, which just basically means completely drunk, completely out of it, which right. was uncharacteristic for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the last time anyone heard from Lynn Dawson. So sometime between that phone call and the next morning, right? She goes, she disappears, um, and within a day, a day, Joanne is sleeping next to Chris Dawson in her bed, uh-huh. uh, watching her kids. Uh-huh. Chris starts to tell the kids to call Joanne mom, mom, mom. what the fuck, and, and nothing happens nothing like no alarms go off to the police Mm -mm. that something is amiss here Uh they just take chris's word that oh she just got up at skip town no big deal right you know she'll be back eventually and Uh, oh his mistress is now just you know stepping into oh no problem no problem it 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 was it's it's mind-boggling it really fuck it is it's unbelievable and so a couple of good things, you know, happen throughout as far as the investigation. It gets relaunched several times, right? Uh, you know, in the last thirty-seven years or whatever it is, right, right, right. Um, and they did some um, digging in the '90s, looking around the property, but it wasn't very thorough. Um, and through this podcast, again, there was a lot of new information that came out, more in the in the arena of um, witnesses to Chris's violence behavior or um, possible, uh, like the, the the one of the weird, creepy things was Chris Dawson. After he, they moved out of the house, um, he kept coming back to the property. Yeah. After like years later. <laughs> And being like, oh, I see you're doing some digging around the uh, around the pool area. What 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 else are you digging for? Yeah, you know, and just sort of snooping around. Um, again, this is years later. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to suggest here that uh, Chris is definitely guilty. Um, but no allegedly. body. But no fucking body. I mean, no body. No body. And you I know, mean, f- from what I learned from listening to all the murder podcasts that I listened to, yeah. is oh, that mm-hmm. you don't bury your victim on your own property. Yes. So that's lesson one. You know, probably they, not there. Why are they so determined to think that that it was buried there? I mean, is I there a time issue? Is there some sort of time issue where they're like he couldn't have made it? out somewhere or no one saw his car yeah there was a very small window but even even if that's true um and there's a lot of things about soft dirt and like a a lot of uh you know places where the body could be and that they didn't look there the biggest thing i think was when they did that uh the digging in the 90s yeah they found that uh they found like one of her shirts or something under in in the pool area yeah yeah the pink cardigan and it was all cut up yeah um and so that was kind of a big idea, and I think that's why uh, 
Headley um, sort of went in that direction. He was really pushing for a redig, and they eventually mm-hmm. got it. And mm-hmm. So, I mean, the power of the podcast is that because it got so powerful, there was so much uh, public pressure right. on the DDP that uh, they got this case reopened again. Yeah. Um, and they got a complete redig of the entire property. They yeah. didn't find anything, mm-hmm. but they did arrest chris dawson yeah finally like, yeah and he's he's an old man now 70 he's um, like 70 but they years old. finally got him and so he's 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 on trial like they at first they were giving him no no bail or whatever but he uh, he landed up bailing out so he's back home currently right um, awaiting awaiting trial and so hopefully they have enough it seems like it's mostly uh what do you call it uh, circumstantial evidence yep um but it to me, it seems like there's enough for a jury to be like, yeah, no, you did it, and this guy's going to end up going to jail. But you never know. You never <sighs> you know never what's going to happen. Yeah, you never know. And, you know, I mean, so much of the, like, like everything Joanne is saying, I mean, she's, she's, she's saying that she doesn't really know what happened, but she's also saying that he uh, once suggested uh, hiring a hitman for Lynn, but then he said he changed his mind, right? After Lynn went missing, he called Joanne and said, don't worry, she's never coming back. Um, You know, I mean, but all of her testimony, they're just kind of saying like, oh, you know, she's just angry and whatever after their relationship went sour, right? So a lot of people are just seeing it as like the bitter ex-wife number two uh, and not necessarily taking her testimony seriously or what will be her yeah testimony and, and honestly i don't know what to think about her in particular um she's not joanne obviously was a victim as the as a child oh uh, yeah as this 16 year old who yep. was manipulated by this man mm-hmm. who landed up but um she's not uh she's not a princess um she was she's it, not a saint no, she was not good to... Well, okay, so they eventually had a kid together, Chris yeah. and Joanne, uh, has a kid together. And once that kid came, she didn't want the other kids calling her mom anymore, and she yeah. didn't treat them very well. And that's per the kids themselves, or at least yeah. uh, Chanel is the one that was actually on this podcast. Willing to talk the to other child... The other child uh, thinks that it's all a... Witch hunt. Um, a witch hunt against yeah. Chris Dawson. So, yeah. You um, know... I imagine, I, I mean, uh, whatever, this is all, I, 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 I can't even possibly imagine the perspective of anyone involved in this story. So this is totally me pulling this out of my ass. But, you know, I wonder. Ass if, butt. Uh, yes, ass butt. <laughs> but um, I wonder if you, as Joanne, you know, you, you know that something's wrong. Like something, something in her head must have said something's wrong, right? Like there's no fucking Mm -hmm. way that this woman just decided to join a religious cult and leave her children. So either she looked at those kids and constantly saw something that she was indirectly complicit in, right? I mean, like she obviously did not ask him to get rid of his wife, but I imagine some part of her must feel directly related to it since he probably wouldn't have done what he allegedly did if it wasn't for no. Joanne. Now, second. Yeah, and she had that she had that shitty home life, too. So she didn't really right. have anywhere to go. She had nowhere to go. Um, and so I think it was a lot of just 
just I'm not going to think about it. And I'm just going to go with it. And those plus, kids are she a didn't constant have a, reminder. She, yeah, and plus she didn't have a fully formed prefrontal cortex. Oh, <laughs> correct. That is correct. She did not. Yeah. Excellent, excellent full circle. She just had a bunch of mush in her head. So, <laughs> and then you had Chris Dawson just like molding it going ha 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 with his ginormous uh, cro-magnum fucking prefrontal yes. cortex that thing a weird is looking huge. dude yeah and super or, or, handsome my but, ass. Uh, yeah I didn't, I didn't get that but um i also uh, if she did say say joanne did with her undeveloped prefrontal cortex she say she did believe that he was telling the truth say she really believed that Lynn just disappeared and joined some religious cult. She may also have resented the children, you know, because because Lynn just left them there, right? I mean, I think she was riddled with resentment, and I think those kids were a constant reminder of her resentment. Plus, she wasn't happy. She like she was in this horrible no, relationship with this horrible right, man. That guy Ugh. was that guy was supposedly super violent as well. Yeah, um, became a total. You know, if you, if you get, you know, if you beat up your kid. You know, they become bullies at school. You know what I mean? Like there's that transference there that, uh, you know, violence begets violence. And so I think there's a little of that too. And that there's obviously some, you know, mental manipulation going on. And, and, uh, you know, he was doing that weird stuff with the songs, like where he was just singing about uh, his wife, like right right to her about how terrible she was. Yeah. uh, He would like merrily sing to her that she was fat and ugly now. I mean, he was just awful. And then he started doing it to Joanne, probably when she got too old, you know what I mean? Because he's kind of a pedo. Well, plus she's, yeah, because he likes them really young. But plus she also would talk about how he seemed resentful uh, and jealous of their child after it was born because it got too much of her attention. He just sounds like a fucking nightmare. And something I looked up for you, so you had previously mentioned to me that you found the unique language that the the two men. So Chris, did we? Oh no! If you Paul if Paul Paul Dawson is his twin brother. Twin brother, right? So he's their twins. Um, and there's lots of creepy stuff about twinness in the in the podcast. But you once mentioned how creepy you thought it was that they had like a unique shared made, made up language as children. Yeah, they have like a Nell language. Right. So I looked something up for you because I'm so helpful. Okay. Uh, Here it is. Twins are regularly reported to invent languages of their own, unintelligible to others. These languages are known as autonomous languages, cryptophagia, or idioglossia. Despite current belief, this is not a rare phenomenon, the language may stabilize uh, at that level. So not rare, meaning? Meaning uh, that a lot of twins do this for a period of time when they are children. Hmm. Yeah. So Me and my buddy Chris had like an un, uh, unspoken language. I don't know if it's the same thing. We used to be able to just like look at each other and like kind of uh, like lift an eyebrow and be like, and that meant it's time to get the hell out of this place. We need to go back home. <laughs> I, I couldn't even speak Pig Latin as a child. So, like, I've never had a hidden language with anyone. But. Uh, oh, I forgot about Pig Latin. Pig Latin. So, R- so it's R-E-K. not. Okay. <laughs> yes, that would be my name in Pig Latin. Um, so, uh, yeah, apparently it is not. 
rare or totally unheard of. But 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 whatever. I mean, the, they were creepy in every other way. I'm not trying to say that they weren't creepy. Oh, they were creepy. But no, they're made I, of I actually don't think that he's completely clean in this either. Like, he seems to be the no. brains of the operation. Yeah. Um, everybody said that he was the dominant brother. Yeah, yeah. That Paul guy. So I don't see, I don't see Chris... Yeah, I don't see Chris making moves without without this guy's knowledge, um, and I think it was probably his idea about the religious cult and right. like I think he just he, I don't know I don't think he's cleaning this either. I'm not even sure his wife's cleaning it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joanne stayed with them for a while. Like she. Why did she? Oh, oh, oh. She left the house while Lynn was still alive. Like right before they went to therapy, and I think she was staying with Paul. I don't remember, but she was staying with Paul and his wife for a while. And Joanne claims that she even had sex with both Chris and Paul to appease Chris because it would make him happy when he could have sex with the same person with his brother, like group sex with his brother. Yeah. Also fist, fist pump, <laughs> fist pump. What Boom. is the, what is it? Eskimo brothers. Yeah. I can't believe I, never mind. That's so gross. Anyway, yeah. twin Eskimo brothers, twin Eskimo brothers. And then also she's claims that she and Paul had sex without Chris a couple of times. And that's when Chris freaked out and said that he, that, that it was foreboden after that. That she was hmm. to no longer have any form of sex with Paul, or was it only if he was present? I don't fucking remember. Anyway, there was some shit that she. Oh, and they have the thinks... older brother too, who is the lawyer. <laughs> Wait, what? So like, like all in the in, in the trials that came afterwards, like the one in the nineties, and then when the, the the two coroners both said that it was murder and they should had enough to go get uh, Chris Dawson. Uh-huh. The guy that spoke at those. Um, those hearings was their older brother, Peter Dawson. So it's just all it's. Yeah. I didn't make it to that episode. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, the whole, all the brothers are involved. And and here's the thing too. Yes, he is getting arrested, but we're talking. What year are we in? What year is this? 2019. So yeah. What? 82. 18, 20. It's like a it's, it's like so just, he's so, old. So, he's okay. an old dude yeah. mm-hmm. now. Yep. And uh he got away with it. Yeah. You know, like even if he goes to jail, even if he and I don't know how Australian jail works. Like I, I don't know if it's like you know easy or it's, you know, they're I don't know. Breaking breaking rocks. I I, I don't know <laughs> what, what it's like down there. But um either uh-huh. way, like it. For the, even if it's for the rest of his life, what is that? Another twenty years? Yeah, 15, of course, 10, of course. You know like he I mean? lived like, a he lived a full life basically, and yes, he he's going to live out it. his senior years. But but then again, his sentencing may. I mean, if they have a system, anything like ours, which is a fucking nightmare. But if 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 they have a system where there are lighter sentences, you know, like maybe he's just on house arrest for the rest of his life. Maybe he goes to a lighter. He lives in a nice house too. I saw prison, I saw you know. It. Because he's an old man. Yeah, he's, so. No, he was. He's living the life right, right like now. Like I saw yeah. his home, and like he had this nice watch on. That's right. You like Google really Earth him. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I wanted to see how close that they that property was to like the bush. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like because yeah. to me, you just put a body in the bush and it just goes away in yeah. like a month. You know what I mean? It's just completely P.I. Josh. Gone. Well, yeah, because animals are going to eat it, but they they yes. leave behind bones. I mean, I don't think maybe. So. 
Well, I mean, what I mean, what eat pigs eat bones? Maybe they have mm-hmm. wild. They've pigs. got a lot of wild pigs out there. They do. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're boars, you know. Boars, yeah, yeah. So maybe I guess they eat they crocodiles. Bones. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, maybe she was dumped in in the bush, if you will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know, You'll... but I don't think we're ever gonna have a, a body. I don't think a body is ever going to turn no. up for Lynn Dawson. I think that... And the absolute worst part of this podcast, to me, <sighs> yeah. was them bringing in the psychic. Um, Shut your fucking yeah. face. Wait. I, okay. No. I, I obviously have to listen to you the You didn't get to that either? No, I didn't get to that. God, it was so long. You guys, it was just so long. I'm so sorry. I ran out of time. We had to do the podcast. <laughs> like, I ran out of you fucking time. You should have done it on our break. There's a psychic. Wait, tell me about the psychic. I didn't fucking. No, know. I mean they just bring her in. It's just for a little bit, but it's that shit bothers me so much. Like Who the uh, the psychic. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on people's beliefs. Fair, but fair. If you believe that, okay, these like psychic mediums or whatever that come in for these missing child cases or these dead husband, dead wife cases, and they yeah. pretend like. It makes me so mad because I personally think that they're full of horseshit mm. and that they're they're using this tragedy of people's lives to mm. either make money or get notoriety and it's take disgusting. advantage of it. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. You're a Long Island you're a Long Island medium, I'm I fuck you. Okay, that's just me personally. I'm not shitting on your beliefs if you believe in psychics, okay? But yeah, 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 the yeah. ones specifically that uh, follow the murder cases and pretend to know where the bodies are, uh, they, 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 to me, they have a special place in hell. Wait, did the psychic say she knew where the body was? Yeah. What, where she where did she was, say it is? She said it was on the property. Oh, oh, but then, you know, when out. further pressed by the police or whatever, then she changed her mind. Oh, well, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's in the forest or in the bush somewhere. You know, maybe it's oh. here. She just kept changing her mind. When, of course, maybe after it's... the dig, they found that it wasn't anywhere on the property. Yeah, it's like nowhere on the fucking property. But they had the... So, okay. So, so remember in the soft soil, there's an area of soft soil, and the new owners of the house said that they had to cement over it yeah, they because, built an extension on the house. Right. Because the water, they said the water, it was getting constantly drenched in water. And so the soil was just like a fucking swamp. So, I mean, how could a body just sort of like sink and sink and sink, like rot and sink in that condition? And then maybe, be I, so I don't low? know. I, I don't they know. seemed fairly, after the digging episode, they, I mean, it sounded that they were fairly certain. I would that, say yeah. 90, 95% certain that there was no way there was a body anywhere on that property. All right. But I don't know. They obviously didn't dig underneath that extension. So I don't know if they did some sort of, you know, ground radar science stuff science but stuff, uh, yeah. they they if 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 headley was uh you know pretty certain then i think i am too just because that was mm-hmm. his sort of go-to for about six or seven episodes was yeah, like i believe yeah. it's under there you know yeah yeah i know 
Oh God! So so this isn't over. So you know the spoiler spoiler no. is that this isn't over. Uh, there's no. Still a what's trial crazy is come. that they stopped playing it in Australia. Oh, like, yeah. For legal reasons, uh, you can't even listen to this podcast in Australia anymore. So uh, if you're listening to our podcast in Australia, you still can't listen to it. But, uh, <laughs> but but um, yeah, they did that because they're very concerned about his ability to get a fair trial. Since every yeah. single human being who lives in Australia was listening to this podcast, not but obviously many, many, many people, a large. Yeah, I don't buy into that. I think you could still get a fair trial, even if, like, I mean, you know, I was going to say OJ, but it, maybe a bad example. Yeah, that might be a bad example. But there's a lot of you know in this age, there's a lot of you know popular crimes that happened and famous people and people you know they still land up getting fair trials i think maybe i i don't know i i i don't know like if i was called as a juror for this i don't know if i could be fair i feel like i'm already guilty (laughs) i mean i feel like i do i feel like i'm already a little swayed i would have a very hard time you know, yeah, but there, I mean, sure, there's mind. people that haven't listened. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I, I find it hard to believe that every single human being in Australia is following this case. I could be wrong, but obviously. Uh, yeah. if, to if me, the people... best thing that came out of this, um, I, obviously, you know, the arrest of Chris Dawson is an incredible sort right. of thing that happened because directly because of this podcast. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but what also came out of this podcast was a... Um, a whole new uh, police entity, like a police group that w- is investigating the sex crimes that happened in the schools that during the 80s and 90s. Cool, Jesus, yeah. that poisonous fucking school. I mean, it was a fucking school, basically. It wasn't God. even just that school either. It was other schools in that area in that time. Oh, um, yeah. There was, there was more. So it, oh, it was it was crazy how easy it was for them to do that. And it was just, it was like a, it was just known that you could get away with it. And people just looked the other way for one, whatever reason or another. Right. Um, but I think a lot of those peoples that were engaged in those activities that are still alive um, uh. are worried. I think they're worried and I think they're rightfully worried because the new police that are involved in not just the Chris Dawson case, but in this uh, special um, police group that they, they've formed uh, this task force. Mm. Uh, they're, they're, they're the real deal. At least they sound like it anyways. And they sound like they, they sort of need to make a point about this. So mm-hmm. uh, just because of all the public backlash and the pressure that's on them for not just the Chris Dawson case, but for uh, all the things that happened to not just Joanne Curtis, but a lot of other uh, unnamed victims. Um, I, I think they're scared and they think they should be. And I think they're going to go down. May more of them may more of them, you know, because if you're 40 years old and you're fucking 15, 16, 17 year olds, I mean, what's wrong? Like what, what's, what's going on? What, what are you doing? I just, I, I, I don't, I don't understand your prefrontal cortex has a fucking problem if that is what you're doing. So, you know, yeah, fuck them. That's bullshit. And that's my final thought on the teacher's <laughs> Fuck them. That's, that's bullshit. 
Could we end with the that uh, police song with about the teacher and the underage girl having the affair? What police song? Police song? Oh, don't stand so. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. St- yeah. I don't think we can because of uh, what's it called? Rights. Rights and legal fees or Hold some on. shit like let that. Let me let me text Sting real quick. <laughs> I'm sure Sting will be like, "Yeah, man, go ahead, no problem." <laughs> All right. Well, if we do get permission, that'll that'll be yeah. the end song here. Let me know what Sting says because, uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Actually, he's, didn't they? He's always doing that tantric sex stuff, so it could be eight or nine hours before I get a text back. <laughs> he's busy right now, especially. I mean, the older you get, it probably goes on for longer and longer. Everything's slower, you know, slower to slower to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 12, 24-hour tantric <laughs> sex sessions. <laughs> the older you get, like, part of it is just, like, walking to your tantric sex room, having a cup of tea. I mean, it means something mm-hmm. different it's, with everybody. It's not until here. the 12-hour mark that you actually take the Viagra. <laughs> you actually take your pants off. Not even. You just take the Viagra after 12 hours. <laughs> oh, goddamn. All right. Well... So those are our spoilers. If there are any updates uh, that happen between now and the next true crime episode, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll talk about it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it on social media. We'll see. But in any case, uh, more to come. There's going to be more to come with this thing, but probably never a body. So there you have it. All right. Okay. So until next time, uh, again, Podnobbing is a bi-weekly podcast, so we will uh, see you guys or hear you guys. No, you'll hear us, and maybe then we'll hear from you in uh, two weeks. Uh, until two weeks. then. I think we're, what are we doing in two weeks? Do we know? Yeah. Pop culture. Pop, 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 so. pop culture. Yeah, we're going to do pop culture. And uh, today's sign-off is, uh, you know, don't marry, a, don't marry a murdering son of a bitch. That's my advice to you out there. All right. Yeah. Stay single. Stay single. Okay, let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. All right. Let's go. Bye, y'all.